Welcome, inept killers, to episode 185 of the Nerds Travaganza podcast, where week after week we serve as the launchpad for many a successful film project. I'm Tom. I'm Brian. I'm Chris. And I'm Cam. And this week we're pleased to welcome special guest Richard Gale, the filmmaker behind the horribly slow murderer with the extremely inefficient weapon, and current Kickstarter of a feature film inspired by the same. Welcome, Richard. Thank you. Good to be here. Nice to have you. We're most looking forward to diving into the episode. Uh, and tonight, with the holidays fast approaching, we will be discussing holiday party etiquette, which is appropriate since that certainly covers spoon etiquette, and spoons feature fairly prominently in your project, I think it's fair to say. It's a rather important prop. <laughs> awesome. Well, before we dive into tonight's episode, I will remind our listeners that it is proper etiquette to like us on iTunes and give us good reviews and lots of stars. And if you don't like the show, follow that old rule where you, if you don't have anything nice to say, still say something because we'd like to <laughs> some kind of feedback. And with that said, I think it's time to kick things off in our usual Nerdtrapaganda style with the Weekly Geekly, Geekly Weekly Update. Chris, why don't you kick off the party? Yeah, so I started off my Geekly Week with uh, watching The Expanse, which is the leaked pilot for sci-fi's really big space opera premiere show that's going to be on December 14th. It has much more of a hard sci-fi bent than I've seen for a lot of space opera stuff, and it looks promising to me. Basically, it's based off of the award-winning trilogy that starts off with Leviathan Awakes. And the setup is there are three main political parties, which is Earth, a very independent militaristic Mars, and uh, all those poor schmucks out in the asteroid belt. But it's very cool. If you can catch it on YouTube, I suggest you do. I'm also now into my second Dresden book, Summer Night. Uh, I'm enjoying it so far. Kudos to Jim Butcher. Basically, I, I marvel at how this writer can constantly put his character into deeper and deeper shit at every turn. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it couldn't possibly get any worse. And then the next page, it gets worse. <laughs> I haven't seen that level of plot-twisting expertise since I watched Farscape, where they didn't do one, but two previous villains from the series become reluctant allies slash anti-heroes for the next season. It's just, you know, it was awesome. Um, I also caught up with a new webcomic, First Law, by Joe Abercrombie, which is based off his um, grim, dark fantasy series I'm looking forward to, uh, actually reading and breaking out a couple of novels of those. From what I hear, he almost has kind of a Wild West gritty feel in kind of a fantasy world. Um, and it's more like Game of Thrones in that there's not much magic going on. So I'm going to check that out. I look forward to it. And that has been my geeky week so far. Sounds pretty geeky, Chris. A lot going on. A uh, lot of awesome entertainment. It only kind of bolsters Cam's point from our Thanksgiving episode that it is a great time to be a geek. Praise be to Turklador. Praise be. <laughs> Turklador, Turklador is still watching over us. He delivers his bounty week after week. <laughs> uh, Richard, we worship Turklador now, the uh, god of Thanksgiving, to whom we give thanks for all the cool stuff that's out and about these days. So, It's good to be thankful to the god of your choice. <laughs> that was very, uh, very diplomatically put, sir. Thank you. <laughs> 
Cam, uh, speaking of diplomacy and putting things diplomatically, over to you. Oh, don't look to me for that. Um, I, I uh, am just still sort of in decompression mode from uh, BGGCon. I was in Dallas, Texas all last week at the con. I'm still awaiting the seven boxes of games, over 100 games that I shipped back uh, for us to play. And so that is on its way. I, I'm not hopeful that they will be here by Thanksgiving. So I'm thinking probably more like next week uh, we'll have them, but that's okay. We'll have them uh, just in time for the beginning of the holiday season to play at the Adventure Game Store, our illustrious sponsor. Um, so look forward to that, guys. Um, I did bring some back in my carry-on luggage um, so and or my check bag luggage. So I'll have a few games for us to play over the holiday, but uh, we're going to have to wait for the good stuff until uh, next week. I have not seen it yet, but as of the time of the, of the airing of this episode, I will have seen the Hunger Games uh, final episode. Uh, looking forward to that. And other than that, um, doing a Secret Santa uh, or Secret, uh, you know, <laughs> deity or whatever made up person of your of your choice uh, <laughs> gift exchange. Uh, for all of our friends and, and uh, goers to the uh, Adventure Game Store and to uh, Landlubbers on Sunday night. Uh, I think it's going to be a good uh, good experience for all, and um, I am going to rope you guys into it as well. I forgot to mention, to mention it to you last night at the store, but uh, I, I am expecting to rope you guys in as well to participate. So just saying, Richard, you're, you're, you're exempt, but Tom, Chris, and Brian, you guys are stuck. Someone's getting coal. <laughs> <laughs> As long as it's $25 worth, it's, I guess that's fine. <laughs> awesome. We appreciate the roping in, sir. Uh, no problem. I'm just trying to spread some holiday cheer. Yeah. I mean, Ganta Claus is known to deliver big uh, during yes. the holidays. So as his agents, we're expected <laughs> to uphold a certain standard. Yeah, we also so... made up our own cute Santa Claus, Richard, named Ganta Claus. So, you know. Ganza Claus. Yeah. Welcome to our... Uh, What's the welcome to our world? What is it when you construct like your own little fiction world, literary term? Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. So, it, how does Ganza Claus differ in appearance from Santa? Um, we I think he just has like a G on his costume. Or it's something. a neck beard <laughs> instead of. Uh... <laughs> I mean, yeah, you wear sandals with with socks. Do you, Do you have some substitute for the reindeer, or is it still reindeer? Cats. lots and lots of cats Genza Klaus is very opinionated and thinks that your gaming skills suck generally Um, so Uh, far that's about as much as we fleshed him out wow (laughs) it's kind of a kind of a moody Santa yes yeah kind of a Kind of a nerd-raging Santa, if you will. <laughs> nice, nice. The lore of Ganza Claus continues. Here, take your damn presents. Ah. Turkledor has the better job. People pray to him. People just take from me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Coming soon, the Adventures of Ganza Claus. Uh, next holiday. Anyway. Cla- claymation. Like Ooh, yeah. Can we? Let's like do it. That'd be one good. One frame per minute. <laughs> Still take us a year. Anyway, uh... <laughs> Richard, hopefully you get the uh, gist of the weekly geekly geekly weekly update. Would you care to give one of your own, sir? Absolutely. I mean, I've been living a strange life because I'm doing this Kickstarter campaign now for the Ginasaji movie project, 
And so uh, I sort of have this week of, of geekly, weekly longing where there are all these different things that I would like to see and like to play, but don't really have time because I'm spending all of my time locked in front of the computer doing social media stuff and reaching out and connecting with the backers of our campaign. And it really is a beyond full-time job. Uh, but I've been jonesing to get my hands on Fallout 4 and spend some time in that um, fun post-apocalyptic world and just haven't been able to do so because there's just no time. And I and none in the foreseeable future for me, because as soon as this Kickstarter is done, uh, we hope to get into pre-production on the movie as quickly as possible. And so um, it's tough to carve out uh, some leisure time when there's uh, this much on my plate. So my my geekly week has been mostly just thinking of the stuff that I'd really like to be playing and and checking out and not having a whole lot of time to do it. Longing is uh, a good thing though, right? It is. I think it is. <laughs> I think when I finally do get to uh, play certain games. And when Cam was talking about these seven boxes of over a hundred games, I'm just sort of drooling saying, I want to do that. <laughs> you you are invited, sir. I would love to do that. That sounds like fun. Please do come by when you're done working. We will not uh, contribute to your shirking of duties. Oh, but you guys could help me procrastinate so well. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically our job. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I am a master procrastinator. Well, uh, if this thing, whole thing doesn't work out and you want a lucrative podcasting opportunity, uh, do look us up. Good to know. <laughs> Good to know. Thank you. <laughs> lucrative also being relative. Anyway, um, thank you for the update, sir. It's a good problem to have to be so busy chasing your passion that you don't have time for your hobbies, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I, I think I'd rather be too busy than have uh, way too much time on my hands. Um and uh, it's just pretty much all my life I've been um, sort of gearing up to do this sort of thing, to do a feature film that really is my own um, my own baby, if you will. You guys were talking about Claymation a little while ago, and it reminded me of the first film I ever made when I was 11. I animated my $6 million man doll with stop motion <laughs> animation frame by frame using this <laughs> this very ancient uh, wind-up 8-millimeter movie camera. Um, and I made this film, which is basically called I Must Kill the $6 Million Man. Um, my my themes haven't changed all that much in all these years, but uh, um, there's always someone trying to kill somebody. Well, you found a good thing and ran with it. I think so, yeah. I've always been, I guess, uh, fascinated by the drama and suspense that comes from that kind of a thing, but I'm, I don't like films that involve, well, I won't say I don't like films that involve the conventional weapons, but I, when I do my own stuff, I tend to do unusual weapons, uh, in a lot of my stuff, the spoon being one of them, which is the featured weapon in horribly slow murderer. An unlikely weapon. Yeah. I like the idea of a seemingly innocuous, um, very ordinary household object being used in a way that it becomes actually somewhat terrifying. Uh, and in this case, also ridiculous and funny, but, um, <laughs> but there actually is an element to it that, that is horrifying. 
uh, and the actors in the film do take it seriously. And I should say to your listeners out there that if they want to check out the Horribly Slow Murderer uh, short film, it's very easy to find on YouTube. You just look up uh, Spoon Killer and you can't miss it. Spoon Killer. Excellent. Is that the literal translation of Ginosaji or I should probably close. read that? Close. Very close. Yeah, close. Ginosaji is Japanese for silver spoon. Okay. 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 And Ginosaji is the, the name of the character who is the spoon killer. And so that's also the name of our feature is Ginosaji. And so people, Love it. and people can find that on Kickstarter by just putting in, um, Ginosaji or horribly slow. I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that if you put horribly slow into Google anywhere, um, one of the, abbreviations that will or one of the uh, shortcuts that will come up in google is the full title of my film so i seem nice to, i now own the the concept of horribly slow in a sense which is something i'm quite proud of you should be and you know it occurs to me, you, <laughs> you, you you've built in your own uh excuse for procrastination if you should be slow to deliver on the kickstarter like what do you want it's horribly slow it said it right up front <laughs> yeah i was thinking we could in our production office when we're making the film i could tell people to answer the phone horribly slow productions <laughs> hey i was wondering why oh well, i'll just call back later and they hang up <laughs> <laughs> yeah please hold please hold and then people are just on hold for hours we'll call you back when we're ready to get you off hold how's that <laughs> Yeah, probably not the best reputation to create for ourselves <laughs> in the in sure. this town, but it's a, it's a fun idea. Cool, man. Well, that was a hell of an update and uh, exactly the sort of highlight uh, we wanted to put on your project. So fantastic. I think it's fair to say that neither Brian nor I will live up to that level of cool in our updates, but we'll try, which brings it around to you, sir. Brian, kick it off. Oh, man. Uh, I, I have a horribly depressing update i have been intending with all of the black friday slash cyber monday sales coming up to just order a bunch of pieces uh online and assemble a new computer uh over the weekend well probably order over the weekend and assemble once they arrive in a week or so but god i i am ignorant i have been out of the loop and it is so difficult to even find where to start. It's it's unreal. What can change in just a few short years? Everything I knew is outdated. <laughs> How's that uh, AGP slot doing? Oh my god, man. Bro? That was the shit once upon a time. <laughs> yeah, I'm so totally behind the times too. I don't even know where to start. Try to build my own machine. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm like a grandpa at this point. <laughs> Uh, so sorry, sorry that you couldn't piece one together, but you, uh, you did get an alternative machine or, uh, well, so far I got most of a, uh, serviceable machine off of a friend, but I still need RAM and a hard drive and an OS. So I'm still ordering things. Uh, you, you guys probably know I'm not going to venture out at all this weekend, but, um, uh, I, I will be doing Cyber Monday. Fantastic. Let's know how that goes. Hopefully I I will have positive results soon. Not even uh, Small Business Saturday, Brian? Uh, well, yes, but I don't think I'll be getting computer parts from any small business place. True. 
So I will be out, out of the house for Small Business Saturday, but not deal-seeking on that day. Thank you for reminding me, by the way. Yeah, Small Business Saturday is important, Brian. You got to help the small businesses out. Speaking of small businesses, though, how do you feel about the next Friday, which is fell off the truck Friday? I, I, <laughs> I might be getting my OS that way. <laughs> hey, kid, you want some windows right here? <laughs> Awesome, man. I'm jealous. I want to build a machine so badly and I'm justifying it by saying I need to be ready for VR, which uh, will bring about the end of the world as we know. So looking forward to being a VR slave. Gotta go somehow. (laughs) It's true. Anything else? No, one complete and total obsession is enough. All right. I guess uh, I'll round it out with mine. Uh, watching some TV, you know, watching Walking Dead. People love to complain about that show, but I think it's fine. Like, it's just zombies and people, you know, fighting the zombies and each other. Uh, you know, I, I find the show entertaining. I don't know if any of you guys watch or have heard anything, but uh, if you like zombies and that sort of thing, perfectly serviceable. Oh, yeah, I've been watching it. Yeah, it's good, right? It is. It is. Yeah. I, I would discuss the latest episode with you, but I wouldn't want to reveal any spoilers for people who haven't seen it. Yeah, people get uh, people get upset about that for some reason. I, I, or what about you, Richard? Do you care about spoilers? I, you can you can tell me to the letter an entire plot, and I still can watch it and enjoy it. So I don't. I guess I, don't get that. I guess it depends if there's something that has a really great twist. Like I have a feeling that in the Star Wars: The Force Awakens, there's going to be some things that are unexpected, and I am going to try to. I don't know if it'll even be possible to avoid spoilers with that one um, until I see it. But uh, I'm kind of hoping to go into it knowing as little as possible about it. It just, I don't know. It could make certain plot twists just more um, powerful to experience them fresh and not know that they're coming. Yeah, that might be an exception to my rule. If somebody like dumped the script and I read it, it might ruin it a little bit for me. But I don't know. You know, after the last trailer, I put myself on spoiler hiatus. And I'm like you, Tom. I'm usually like, ah, oh, tell me everything. I'll be fine. I enjoy the journey. And I saw one little bit in the last trailer and I'm like, nope, nope, not anymore. Mm. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm proving myself to be inconsistent here because they're starting to put that trailer like on TV. I was watching wrestling or something the other day and it came out. I'm like, no, when I like change the channel and put on, like, <laughs> Judge Judy for five minutes or something, you know, <laughs> which uh, was painful in and of itself. But um yeah. Wow. Okay. So most of the time, I don't mind spoilers. Sometimes I do. Anyway, Walking Dead's good. We won't discuss it for the sake of spoilers. Uh, other than that, I'm just being like a stupid blind consumer. It's not even like Black Friday or pre-Turkey Wednesday or anything. I just went into Best Buy today and bought some more of those stupid Nintendo Amiibos. And uh, also bought the Disney Infinity playset. Oh, you caved. Did you get any good ones, Tom? Which 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 ones did you get? I did cave. Uh, finally gave in to the Disney Infinity so I can collect more dumb plastic figurines. And to answer your question, Cam, I got two formerly rare ones that a bunch of people were selling on eBay for high prices. Um, Lucario and oh, Mewtwo. Awesome. And also from uh, Amazon Kloss, I got the Pac-Man one. So, Richard, for your benefit, I, I, maybe Chris might not know this either. These are... These amiibo things are like little figurines you use with the Wii U gaming system, and it reads them in with this RFID scanner, and they do certain things in games. Right. I did see uh, the Disney Infinity set demoed somewhere, 
And the thing that kind of struck me as as amusing is the fact that they call it Disney Infinity, meaning that you'll never own a complete set. There will always <laughs> be more to buy. Yes, yes. It's uh, they should call it like Disney Asymptote. You'll you'll get ever so close to owning them all, but you'll ne- you'll never quite catch the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I think that's uh, Disney's business model in general, right? Right, 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 yeah. right, right. Uh, I caved and got the Disney Infinity playset, and yeah, same basic concept. It's this whole toys to life concept where you have a toy that interfaces with a, a video game somehow, and. Um, I was talking to my friend Rick, actually one of the former hosts of the show today, and I came to a realization, I'm exactly the type of adult I always dreamed I would be. Um, Playing with toys, collecting stupid things, you know, all the stuff that, you know, you can't have that, you don't need it. You know what? I have my own money now and and I still buy it. So We're like Tom Hanks and Big, basically. Kind (laughs) of, yeah. But I think he had a growing up moment or something in that movie, didn't he? I I don't, that hasn't come yet. Um, And People say, well, if you have a kid someday, that'll change things. But no, because then I have another excuse to buy <laughs> stupid toys and crap. <laughs> uh, I think I'm just hopeless. Uh, also, I will say I bought that stuff using the Best Buy Gamers Club Unlocked, which proved to be a tremendous value. You get like 20% off all games. And they are not a sponsor of ours, but they should be after this plug. But uh, totally worth it, man. Like I saved like all kinds of money. Hmm. by Well, I spent all kinds of money, but I spent less than I would have otherwise. Yeah, I, I can't really see why you would buy games anywhere else if you pay for this. You buy like a two-year subscription, and when I was doing it, it was for only like 40 bucks. And uh, you, you get these like great deals on games. That's on top of any other discounts they have. So <laughs> really cool if you're if you're a video gamer. Um, what else? So on the wrestling scene, the Survivor Series pay-per-view event was not attacked by ISIS, thankfully. Woo. It was a pretty decent show. I'm glad that those jerks did not uh, make an appearance. I don't know why they would target that of all things in the first place. It was rumored that they were going to. They don't like and... the rock. <laughs> they they find they find uh, a man becoming more muscular and in better shape as he gets older. Suspect. Yes. <laughs> they think there might be chemicals involved, and ISIS doesn't play that way. He must be on steroids. Yeah, he, he must die. The infidel. I'm, I'm jealous. I don't have biceps like that. In spite of the fact that I'm on the Al Qaeda monkey bars all the time. <laughs> I hope you guys get that reference. I do. Anyway, apart from that, a uh, for a work colleague of mine who, who I worked with years ago, but I've kept in touch with ever since, <clears throat> contacted me on Facebook to ask me if I wanted to attend a 17-hour Star Wars marathon at a nearby theater. Wow. And I kind of do. <laughs> I assume that means like every Star Wars movie, and it seemed like a pretty, like a totally reasonable thing to do. <laughs> I was going to say, when is that answer ever no? Right. Well, <laughs> episode the way he wor- one. <laughs> True. True. The way he worded it was that due to a series of bad life choices, I have very few people left in my life who would actually say yes to this request. Do you want to go to a 17-hour <laughs> Star Wars marathon? To which my answer is, of course. <laughs> so I might be doing that. That's uh, that's intriguing. And I assume they would show them episodes one, two, three, four, five, six. I, I would assume as much, yeah. yeah. Um, Interesting. That way, at least they get they get better, more or less. Right, right. <laughs> and no rush to start at the beginning. Right. Yeah, we're a little late. That's all right. You guys are like four hours late. Yeah, that puts us in like episode three, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. We're good. <laughs> Speaking of long movies, in the short film, Horribly Slow Murderer, uh, the narrator says as a joke – 
um, because the whole concept of of the horribly slow murderer is the original short is a ten minute long fake movie trailer for a film that's allegedly over nine hours long. Um, because the killer in it is so inefficient that the film itself is inefficient. And the narrator says during it, um, with a running time of over nine hours. And it was, it was done as a joke back when it was supposed to only be a short film and there would never be an actual feature film. Well, now years later, that was six years ago and it became so popular on YouTube and we have a following now that, you know, I, ultimately wrote this screenplay and decided that we're going to make it as an actual movie. But a lot of the fans of the original short and many of them have written me saying, Oh, it's got to be nine hours. You got to make it over nine hours. <laughs> and it's like, okay guys, look, you know, the Lord of the Rings trilogy is over nine hours, but they had a budget of over 300 million to do that. Um, you know, it, every, the longer your movie is, the more expensive it is. And ours is relatively a very low budget, movie and so the I, I you know as much as i would love as you know as an idea to do something that's over nine hours but i actually want to make a good movie and <laughs> and so it just uh, it just it, it's a back and forth that i have with with some of our fans who say they want something that's over nine hours and uh i i what the latest thing is i've told them that okay if we get a big enough response from people like meaning that if there's actually a couple thousand people who really want this um then perhaps we'll have on a special edition blu-ray a in an insane nine hour cut that would have a health warning at the beginning of it that says you know <laughs> warning the following film may cause the following symptoms and you know like one of those pharmaceutical commercials that's this long list of physical ailments <laughs> you'll have if you were to watch it um, and so it's something that I've kind of gone back and forth um, because we could technically cut something that long. We are going to film a ton of footage of uh, the action, but it would just be painful to watch. And it would also be painful to have to edit something that long because, you know, when you edit something, you have to sit and watch it many times over. So while in concept, it's a fun idea. In reality, it's something that I, I dread the idea of doing look guys that was that was just a joke and i've tried to i've <laughs> yeah. tried to say that but they say no you promised you said <laughs> you said it because it's interesting because doing this feature one of the fun things about it is that it is retroactively turning our fake movie trailer into an actual movie trailer because the movie's going to be real and some of the scenes that are in the original short are recreated in the feature in full. Uh, and so it really is, it's sort of part of the fun of it is that we are turning what was for years a fake movie trailer. It will become a real um, movie trailer for an actual film, although uh, hopefully not nine hours long. <laughs> you could uh, strap one of those GoPros onto the killer, and just uh, <laughs> a day in the life of the killer. We could. Show him eating with like a Bowie knife or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, look at that. He, the spoon is actually used as a spoon sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, the killer, he only uses it as, as a very inefficient bludgeoning weapon. That's about it. Oh, yeah. during killing sequences, but you know, he has to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Cereal, soup, something. Yeah. Hey, look, you guys wanted nine hours. Okay. So now he's at Denny's and yeah. 
<laughs> and now we've confirmed he's a serial killer. Uh, oh, oh, he's killing us. Oh, God. Oof. Way to, way to, way to kill the mood. Chris. Yeah. <laughs> way to bludgeon us, Chris. Yeah, nobody's told me that joke before. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It was a, a low hanging fruit. I, I could. <laughs> I want, I want to work like a Rick Schroeder silver spoons joke in now, Ooh. but, uh, man. <laughs> now on to news. <laughs> oh, great. Now you got me thinking of Alfonso Ribeiro doing his little dance. Did he? Did he go on to anything else after that show? He, he Fresh seemed Prince, like Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, he was right. uh, Carlton. Carlton. Yeah. Duh! Why? Why didn't I know that? Yeah. And now I think he he does um like one of those game shows on the Game Show Network. I believe he's the the host of one of those shows. He's also in a America's Funniest Videos now as their host. Oh, is he? Oh, is he? He took he yeah. took over Tom Bergeron's spot. Yep. Wow, hmm. that's pretty good. That's a pretty good gig. I would say so. And he was the kid in the Michael Jackson Pepsi commercial too. He was. 80s, right? He absolutely was. Wow, what a storied career! You know, I, I never, re- I never realized that he he was on Silver Spoons and then moved on to that uh, Fresh yeah. Prince show. Ooh, that was that was his big break. Wow. Hey, uh, Richard, if I was in Hollywood and said something like that, I would be like ejected from the town, right? I don't think so. I think everyone would smile. Oh, oh really? Yeah. People, uh, you're not expected to have encyclopedic knowledge of like all of the doings in in Hollywood. Nah. No. Oh, all right. Good. Good to know. I'd fit right in because I don't know anything about much. Well, you know, the terrifying thing to me about uh, just m- movie knowledge and, and each next generation of kids that grows up, it, I was talking to a friend about this recently, is it, it kind of disturbs me that, uh, well, there's this whole, you could do a whole show on, on horror movies and remakes and how everything is just so shamelessly remade with the same title um Halloween and the fog and they're doing a nightmare on Elm Street again and um oh. and they're doing another Friday the 13th um and but it's the same exact title as the original that came out 20 years ago 25 years ago whatever sometimes less than that you know how many spider-mans have come out where it's the origin tale being i mean less than 5 years apart they're they're coming out and just the idea that there are all these films coming out in it's so um in such rapid succession that all are using the same titles as the originals. And there's generations of, of kids uh, coming up who don't know the original, which is usually a vastly superior movie. Mm-hmm. And, and so yeah. when they think of certain titles, they're not even thinking of the original. They're just thinking of the mediocre remake. And it, I don't know. There's something about you think about all the all of your favorite movies and all these brilliant things that you know and love and how someone who is currently 11 or 12 years old won't get any of those references. And there's this whole new set of references that to them is the coolest stuff to, you know, know and talk about. And I don't know, it's just kind of interesting how as a certain chunk of years passes, suddenly, you know, all the references change for a whole new generation of people. It's kind of strange. Yeah. I I read an article recently. It had to do with star Wars, but it was, in general about these perpetual franchises and uh, scary to think that not not scary, but weird to think that somebody says they're a fan of Halloween, but they don't actually mean the same Halloween. Yeah. They're referring to, you know, Rob Zombie's Halloween as opposed to the John Carpenter. And it's just, it it is, it's kind of strange. So Tom, this is your key to a Hollywood conversation. What's that? Just. Hi, I loved your last project. (laughs) 
That's it. That's it, period. And then they, they'll run with it from there? Well, unless you say that to someone who themselves knows that they made a crappy project on their last project. And then yeah, that, they just, they just bombed. Yeah. And then they'll, <laughs> you don't want to say that. It was misunderstood. But it's <laughs> yeah. another funny thing though, is that a lot of times there's people who will make a movie and things just didn't turn out the way in it was intended originally. Uh, even by, if you're a writer director, you could be in a situation where producers move in or producers get the financing for it. And at first you think, cause you're the original creator of the project. Oh good. I'm finally going to get to make my movie. But then suddenly it's no longer your movie because if it just so happens that the producers who bring the money to actually make it, they're now the ones who can call the shots because it's their money that's making it happen or their investors' money. And then suddenly they could end up making a crappy film that, you know, unless you're on it as a producer also, um, you know, you could have your name on something as written and directed by and you have to make excuses to people or um, it, it's interesting. Like just because a movie comes out poorly, it's always a different story as to what really happened on the film. And there's always, um, the blame can go to any number of different people or factors, but it's always different on every film. Can I, on that thread, ask one more question before we move on to news? Cause I know Cam is chomping at the bit to report the latest in geeky news. Um, if you don't mind, sure. Richard, I, I what, exactly is a producer i mean some i see some movies with like 50 producer credits and i don't quite get what a producer what what defines producer generally um the producer is the person responsible for actually making the film happen um usually they're the person who finds the money um to help make the movie whether by having a deal with a studio or by having private investors or companies who are investors uh, and then so they're actually the ones who bring the money to the table and also help corral all the many people and resources together in order to get the thing off the ground. So they really are the the person who makes it happen. But when it comes to producer credits, um, oftentimes an executive producer is someone who only puts a chunk of money into the film. And part of their deal is they get to have their name in, in there as an executive producer. Um, I see. And then, but then sometimes producer credits or co-producer credits are just given away to people who put in a chunk of the financing. Um, and sometimes those people know nothing about how to actually produce a film, but they're given producer credits. And there's a producer's guild that has um, spoken out many times against this practice, but it's still very commonly done. And that's why you have oftentimes movies that have a ton of producer credits uh, but there's usually only one or two who are the, the actual producers of the film i hope that guild doesn't have its way before i strike it uh big and get rich because uh my ego would definitely see me uh financing a movie in in exchange for a credit <laughs> well it just so happens that on the ginasaji kickstarter campaign <sighs> one of our higher level rewards is uh <laughs> you can you can get uh an associate producer credit uh, or um, an executive producer credit by putting in certain amounts of money. Yeah. So you're welcome to to pledge. Um, but there, also, if you were to pledge a, uh, a much smaller amount, there's still all kinds of awesome stuff that you can get. 
Nice. I'm trying that out for size in my head. Yeah, babe, I'm a producer. It's, it's no big deal. Yeah, you, you may have heard of me. <laughs> I'm a big deal on IMDb. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for that insider tip. That uh, that might be my backdoor to fame. Yeah. At least in my own mind. Cam, hit us with some news, brother. All right. I'm back from my embedded location in Dallas, Texas. I'm back here in South Florida with a bundle O news for you guys. First off, uh, let's talk about Bioshock, my favorite video game franchise. Uh, a new release um, from 2K Games will be forthcoming in 2016. So look forward to some big brothers and little sisters uh, and a whole new Bioshock saga. I'm pretty excited about that. Alien 5 is going to be released uh, very soon. And apparently they're going to bring back Ripley and Newt. Do you remember Newt? Yeah. The little girl. Yeah. 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 So apparently Ripley is going to be back somehow, a clone or something. I don't know what. Um, And she's going to hand off the franchise to Newt, who will be the new protagonist. Oh, uh, okay. In the Alien franchise. So look for that in Alien 5. I don't know how that will coincide with Ridley Scott's um, Prometheus 2, but uh, we'll have to wait and see about that. I thought Newt died. I thought they. I thought she yeah, died. Like her and Hicks, I believe, in one of them, like got killed when in cryo sleep, supposedly. Yeah, or that, I that's what they, I remember. But yeah, or when they crash into the the jail planet or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, they, they clone Ripley in that in that resurrection film or whatever it was. So yeah, yeah. okay, we'll, we'll see how they uh, how they resurrect them. Um, PlayStation Four has hit thirty million in worldwide sales of its units. Um, destroy it's still destroying xbox one um and who i don't even think has hit 15 million yet and uh they have also pledged to match the i believe on last week's episode we talked about um xbox one being sold for 299 uh in a bundle with a game um playstation has or sony has announced that the playstation will also be released uh wow. will be available for 299 uh in a bundle at christmas so look forward to that gamers um, PlayStation 2 was actually their best ever selling console, but apparently PlayStation 4 has outpaced the sales of PlayStation 2 um, and should overtake it at some point um, if if the trend continues. Let's see. Uh, NASA, Big Shock, uh, has announced that they are not ready to hit their 2030 goal of, of reaching Mars. <sighs> um, we had talked about all these different fly-by-night agencies that popped up that were trying to send people to Mars, um, which we kind of figured were a scam and ended up proving to be scams. But NASA, the actual real agency, is basically crying uh, crying poverty and saying that the their funding has been spread so thin over different projects that it is not a realistic possibility for them to hit the 2030 mark. Mm. Look, 13 aircraft carriers next year or... 12 aircraft carriers next year. Yeah, exactly. And we go exactly. to Mars. <laughs> yep. So if you look at the bu- the comparative budgets between military and NASA, I'm not to not get political, but like, yeah, like eh, one fewer carrier. Brian makes a great point. But ISIS is going to bomb WrestleMania. We, we need another aircraft carrier. Right. I, to stop that. <laughs> oh, I love the asymmetrical, like we need more carriers because ISIS, like they they don't have they don't have fighter planes in territory. Like we don't, no, we don't. Like what are you guys talking about? 
this ain't top gun like what's isis gonna do like send a remote control plane against our fighters like <laughs> they're gonna bring back bring back Iceman and uh put him put him back in the <laughs> service actually they're making a top gun too i um, know i know should be good yeah i'm sure it'll be great should be Richard, if you're an actual like major like military hawk, we apologize for. No, not at all. I was just reading about some uh, jet fighter that's been in the works for a long time, and uh, I think the price tag on it is one and a half billion with a B. Oh my god! For a single jet fighter, uh, and so you know it's it's pretty insane. I'm I'm kind of with you guys. We need 60 of those. We got to fill the aircraft carrier somehow. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the, the budget of the U.S. military is larger than the next 10 countries on the list combined. Yeah. Yeah, none of whom we're fighting. We're not fighting any countries that have a budget. We're fighting like, I don't know how else to put it, like bands of like terrorist jerks in the desert, right? Pretty I mean, much. Not to say that doesn't require a commitment, but. Different commitment. Yeah. Yeah. Build a Death Star while we're at it. Yeah. <laughs> on Mars. Sadly, right. uh, so sadly, we may not hit that mark unless there's some sort of uh, real acceleration to push that project along. Let's kickstart it. Let's let's yeah, kickstart NASA. We should, we should kickstart it. <laughs> uh, I mean, people people will pay twenty million for exploding kittens, but they won't pay a dime to get us to Mars. Although right, there have right. been a couple of Kickstarters that were space related that have been very successful. There was one uh, to build this uh, satellite that was going to go out into, um, I think Bill Nye was involved with it. Uh, and it was a very successful one. That's um, sort of the first crowdfunded satellite that'll be able to perform experiments and take photos and all kinds of stuff. looks pretty cool. That's right. Yeah. That was the planetary society. I think. Yeah. Well, that gives me a little bit of hope. We just need a, we just need some sort of celebrity then to to back it. Tell tell people what they need to spend their money on. We got we got one on the show right right now, and with yes, and combined with our true. listener base, I mean, I think we can kickstart NASA. I know, I think so. Too. Yeah, and di didn't Jeff Bezos have a breakthrough this past week with the first um, rocket that took off and actually then went up something like. Um, I think it was a hundred kilometers and then came back down and landed upright. And it's the first time anyone's ever been able to do that with a, with a rocket. Yeah. I think he got past that certain atmospheric, whatever it is, altitude that they haven't been able to break yet. And then, uh, then but then brought and, the vehicle but then back. Come back. Yeah. Without crash yeah. landing. Yeah. yeah. Cause usually they just burn up on their way back down. Yeah. That's, which is I think pretty efficient in terms of space lift right now. You don't have disposable vehicles. Um, it's kind of cool. Plus, it'd be a hell of a hell of a thrill ride. I mean, I'd go. Oh, yeah, as I say, it's great, great, great for the people in the capsule too. <laughs> right. No, I, I wouldn't be surprised that in if in the next decade, the biggest advances in space exploration may come from either Google or Amazon or one of those companies that has a significantly better budget than NASA. Yeah, Prime will get to Mars before NASA. <laughs> Prime will be delivering to Mars before NASA. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pulling for uh, I'm pulling for the dark horse uh, Sears. No, everybody's kind of <laughs> oh my <them> god, <laughs> they're gonna make a comeback. <laughs> Come see the softer side of Mars. First, first Maytag uh, repairman on Mars with their Kenmore rocket boosters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly, the Kenmore Mark Seven. <laughs> I don't trust it. No. All I'm just saying is I we better hope that the uh, that the life support is a Maytag product. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, and as long as I don't use those tools that they sell to build it, we should be fine. You don't want to, you don't want your, you don't want your instruments calibrated with craftsman tools. Yeah. DeWalt. They have, yeah. They have a lifetime warranty, man. And, and a comm, a comm system from Radio Shack. Right. <laughs> radio who? Radio who? Poor Radio Shack. Why does this uh, computer terminal say Tandy on it? <laughs> Tandy. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, in China, they, Gave us the, uh, last week I, I talked about the, uh, bacteria that's gonna kill us all that, that is resistant to all uh, antibiotics. Uh, apparently they have a new offering for us this week. It is a board game, uh, that is, was unearthed in a 2300 year old tomb. And it is like an actual board game. It has like a, it has a 14 sided die. Whoa. And all kinds of really cool components. I mean, it looks like something you might buy nowadays. It's really cool, and uh, it's amazing to think that even back, you know, 2,300 years ago, people were playing board games. So, yay board games. Oh. Yeah. And finally, Star Wars, of course, the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Um, it seems as though Lucas and Disney are separating, trying to distance themselves from each other. They both have come out and basically said, look, you know, Lucas had this whole 12-episode epic uh, treatment written for, you know, all of these different ideas he had. We looked at it. We didn't think it worked for us. We're basically going our own way. And then Lucas sort of came out and said, well, they just decided they didn't want to use those stories. And, you know, they, they, they spent their money and, and they got what, what I sold them and they can do what they want. So it seems as though Disney is posturing themselves for a hit to say that, look, this is what we did on our own without Lucas. And Lucas is hoping for a flop so that he can say, see, you guys didn't let me be involved, and now look what you got. So time will tell the next month or so whether or not, uh, you know, which side is right. His idea for a Gungan Jedi probably was really compelling in his <laughs> mind, but uh, no thanks. Why do I get the sense that Disney's going to try to find a way to work in more of their own merchandise? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I'm sure Figment will be, like, flying around. Oh. <laughs> He'll be in the new cantina. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, as long as they make a good, as long as they make a good movie, uh, I don't care what they, what product they try to place on me. Yeah. Uh, and that rounds out my news, fellas. Awesome. Way to end it with the Star Wars note. I'm, I, are we all unanimous in being pretty excited about episode seven or is anybody still kind of skeptical? It's, it's becoming unbearable. I, I yeah. cannot wait. Yes. I'm trying to hold out, but we'll see. Well, yeah. not for what? Less than a month. I mean, it's it's coming. Ah, okay. to be excited. I'm trying to be more more level headed, but it's it's not working. It's not working. I'm weak. I'm getting weak, man. Weak. Literally, <laughs> literally cannot get worse than it has been. I'm I'm very excited for it. I'm trying to uh, keep my expectations from soaring too high because I don't want to be disappointed. Um, but uh, some of the shots and some of the trailers really give me the full-on goosebumps and i can't wait that first trailer where that speeder vehicle is going past the downed Oof. destroyer oh, yeah. yeah i was just like oh my god that's gorgeous wow okay i can't i'll just sit here and muse on how awesome it's going to be all, all episodes then there's that shot that's in i don't know if you guys saw the japanese tv commercial that they showed um 
it's oh, it's yeah. on YouTube, and there's this one shot of of the a sunset with these Tie Fighters coming towards camera, and it's it's very much like a famous shot from Apocalypse Now, only with choppers. But this is Tie Fighters, and it looks so damn real and just awesome. Kick ass, and they start playing. Uh, what is it? Flight of the Valkyries, and suddenly Ewoks are scattering. <laughs> <laughs> Curious to see. Uh... If this, if that was sort of inspired by that, because that was a really cool scene. Let us move into tonight's episode. Etiquette. Let's take a recent faux pas. My putting the uh, Ewoks in as stand-ins for the villagers in Apocalypse Now. Maybe something I didn't want to do. And if you're a little more mindful of your behavior and the things you say before they come tumbling out of your mouth, you won't breach etiquette. And so it is with holiday parties. We are coming up on the holidays and if you find yourself at a party, you are expected to conduct yourself in a, in a, in a way commensurate with uh, behavior typically expected of human beings, right? I think that's a very reasonable way to put it. I, Chris, I think you were kind of the one first kind of hitting at this idea. Do you think that we need special attention given that our audience tends to veer a little geeky? I hazard to guess and say yes. Uh, a perfect example of that is, you know, a lot of geeks, we get obsessed with what we think is cool and get a little frustrated when people don't see things the way we do with uh, the things that we like. And then we go home for the holidays with our families and then we're stuck, you know, stereotypically looking and having to listen to things we don't really want to deal with. And it's, it's tough for us. So, you know, we may end up doing things that normal people wouldn't do normal being people who are being cognizant of the situation they're in, like suddenly deciding they're just going to kind of read a book while everyone else is having a conversation around them or something like that. Or just start playing heroes of the storm on their phone or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think part of it is, is a lot of geeky type people, if they can't share and then they're being bombarded with the antithesis of what they want, they start to kind of shut down, you know, because in, in some degree they don't realize it, but you know, when you're in a social situation, it's give and take. And if it's always you and what you like, that kind of makes you the taker without much giving. And the giving is listening and letting other people have the spotlight. So that's just, you know, my two cents to start us off with. Well, Chris, I think you're putting the cart before the horse. I mean, okay. let's let's start with what we know to be true about many gamers, geeks, which are our brethren and we love very much, but I have to say this, and it's tough love, but before you go to the party, why don't you shower? <laughs> oh, we're going that far back. Oh, okay. Put on a clean shirt. This is a good maybe. point. Yeah. You know, you know, some clean underwear, some clean clothes. You know, not not something stained that you've you know sort of just been letting air dry for a week and thinking it's okay. You know, do do your hair, wash your hair, maybe shave. <laughs> I think that's the that's that's the jump off point. I think that's probably even nine. I would hazard to say even ninety five percent of 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 what you know etiquette would entail, and then we can get into the subtle nuances of how to act once you arrive at the party. So you're saying like, well, he's not listening to me, but at least he smells good. Yes, exactly. At least he's offensive in a in a in a different kind of way. Cam, it, it sounds suspiciously like the advice we give for geeky compatriots going to a con. Actually. Yes, to a con, to a local game store, to a magic <laughs> magic tournament, to you know, to any any of the uh, you know uh, various uh, places that we like to frequent. 
I'm sensing a pattern. Yes. <laughs> Richard, what are you? What are your views uh, regarding geek etiquette at a in a social setting, specifically a holiday party? Specifically a holiday party. I think I don't know. I think the basic rules of etiquette apply across the board. Uh, and I think the last two tips are, are really good ones. Um, following regular hygiene is definitely something that will get you a lot further, uh, in, in life and in social life in general. <laughs> um, uh, you'll instantly gain several charisma points just by doing that. <laughs> I, I think that, um, and, and the point about, you know, giving, equal uh, importance to listening as well as sharing your views on things um it is it is true that with people who are geeks by very nature are you know in love with certain things to an obsessive uh, point and so it is sometimes easy if you're really passionate about something and you just start talking about it you know, I have had conversations with people where, where, you know, they can go on and on for hours about one thing. And so it is definitely a good idea to try to temper that when being around a, a group of other people, especially if they're people you don't know so well. But I think in general, the, the basic rules of etiquette, um, apply re regardless. Uh, but I think those, few things that you guys mentioned specifically um uh for uh people who who might be seen as more geeky uh are are really good tips here's an interesting spin on it then let's just say that we here at the nerds travaganza podcast uh, to celebrate our 10 billionth dollar in uh revenue decided to throw <laughs> decided to throw a holiday party for our most loyal listeners um and we'd basically be inviting a geeky crowd. Would we be more or less asking for sort of unusual behavior? Would we, would we be within our rights to just sort of like have like issue a primer beforehand? Like here's how to behave at the party. Um, are you inviting off the beaten path behavior if you're tailoring your party to a geeky set? You know, I just think it's going to happen regardless. If you invite a certain group of people who generally, um, you know, <laughs> might be a little bit more on the introverted side, um, you know, it, it will probably take more effort as host or hostess to be able to, you know, make sure people are interacting with others. And, you know, you have to probably work harder um, to, to get conversations moving and introduce people to other people. <laughs> Water gun in one hand, rolled up newspaper in the other. <laughs> well, you know, Tom, I think you're going to, I mean, I think regardless of what genre of people you invite, you're going to have various problems. I mean, you, you invite a bunch of bros over, you're going to get beer pong and, you know, someone putting their head through a wall. <laughs> you, invite, you know, you invite nerds over. There's going to be a spontaneous D and D game that breaks out in the corner yeah. somewhere, or like you know, someone re rewiring your surround sound system. But it just, you know, it. I think you just sort of got to know your audience, and then you know, tailor your uh, your warnings or your sort of uh, suggestions to that. That's uh, that, okay. That's a good point, and it's the suggestions I kind of want to uh, focus on for a second. 
are people self-aware enough to understand that when rules of etiquette are put out there that they apply to them or does everybody think you're talking about someone else no i i i'm not the most optimistic person when it comes when it comes to that you probably have to like end the invitations uh hi bob i mean you seriously please shower (laughs) (laughs) you're invited but but damn dude so it wouldn't be enough to put out a blanket statement like make sure you shower don't interrupt other people's conversations start conversations when appropriate like you'd have to (laughs) send customized invitations with instructions yeah that he-man shirt that you've worn the last five times i've seen you maybe put something else on (laughs) or turn it inside out something hey man that wasn't five times in a row (laughs) just so happened to catch you on laundry day every time i saw you you missed me when i was wearing something else Here's one based on a real world example that Brian will uh oh my. May, may cop to. If you feel the need to pass gas, don't like do it loudly and aim it at anybody. <laughs> <laughs> that really happened. Somebody yes. somebody actually yeah. aimed it. Crop yeah. dusted. Yeah, yes. seriously. Like they hiked their leg like an animal. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I I understand. I mean, I you know, everybody poops but you don't have to like make a show out of it. Like, Oh God. Cam, you, you've at a sort of related uh, incident. You at one of our gaming events were a party to some inappropriate table etiquette, weren't you? Oh, I was assaulted on many levels. Uh, both <laughs> by cheesy handprints from, from Cheetos, uh, <laughs> mucusy, uh, just mouth wiped napkins being placed in my table gaming space, uh, burps being blown in my direction. <laughs> I mean, all the way to the, to the point where the guy was like, you know, almost doing domestic violence on his girlfriend. Like it was, the guy was, the guy's a mutant. I mean, that's all I can say. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm getting, and I'm pretty laid back. back. I mean, anyone who knows me knows that I can pre- handle a lot, but, that guy had me pretty hacked off. <laughs> so how the heck do you, uh, how do you invite the nerd subset without the mutants? I mean, I, I, you don't. I mean, I just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in, the Vin, in the Venn diagram of <laughs> geek and mutant. I mean, I don't think you can, de- you know, deviate too far from the standard. The sets like perfectly overlap. Almost. Yeah, yeah. You're you're searching around the uh, edges for points of non-intersection. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I would sad. suggest if you're hosting, if you're throwing a party, uh, if you know someone, a potential guest, to be a um, leg lifting flatulence spreader, um, or or someone who's potentially just nasty and violent, just don't invite them. <laughs> I, I kind of feel if if you're not going to game with them, don't party with them. Right. 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 Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here, here's one for here's a particular one for you then, Richard. Let's just say that I am a backer uh, of your Kickstarter at a oh, you're invited level. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Bullshit yeah. walks. Right. That, that's what I'm saying. So if I if you, I you, if I donate, you, you can fart all uh, you want. 
Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> so you can buy yourself out of having to behave. I'll, I'll get an industrial strength air freshener and some spray and you can just let her rip. Excellent. You should, you should add the, like, you know, the drop ass level <laughs> pledge level of your Kickstarter <laughs> for X amount of dollars. You can come and just do whatever you want. <laughs> and it comes with a special pair of pants that have been soaked in Febreze for a couple hours. Yeah, I think that would be a, a tip for emergency situations if you're throwing a party. You can have various cans of uh, odor-eliminating sprays of various types, body spray, breath spray, whatever, <laughs> and just drag the offender into a side room and spray him up and let him go. <laughs> it should just be like, you know, when you walk into like some like supermarkets or whatever and they have that big like air rush that goes off <laughs> yes. when you walk in. Yeah. She'd just be just, 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 just drench every guest that walks in <laughs> some kind of spray as they walk <laughs> That's in. That's good. Yeah. Or, or, or do a take on the foam party, but it's just yeah. soap. <laughs> <laughs> it's just soap. <laughs> but it hasn't been a month yet. I can't have a bath. <laughs> We got you. <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, with a big enough donation, uh, even the chromosomally unusual um, can enjoy a in-person meeting. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, there's, like I said, there's ways to mitigate uh, certain aromas if need be. All right. There you go. So you just make it clear, like, hey, we one of the things we love to do is spray air freshener. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just bananas about it. So, you know, I might spray some on you. That's just me yeah. being crazy. Okay. I like it. We could make it a like holiday tradition. Festival. <laughs> <laughs> it's the festivist tradition of, of spraying your face. Or, or I could say something like, you know, I'm sorry, I've got this kind of Howard Hughes thing. I need to disinfect you. Yeah. And I just, just spray him. It's not you. It's me. Right. Exactly. <laughs> How do you make your, geek party or gathering or holiday festival safe for i don't know how else to put this safe for safe for ladies <laughs> so, <laughs> i don't think i need to elaborate do i i, I don't know that I, I think this is a moot question by definition right <laughs> yeah <laughs> tabletop yuletide ball no thanks <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Uh, no, we're trying to get away from that. We're trying to make this, you know, a welcoming community for all. So, uh, I don't know. I think the spray bottle, what was it? A spray bottle and a, a baseball bat you were saying, you were suggesting, Brian? <laughs> Newspaper, but that Newspaper. would work too. Yeah. I, I, I have to take this seriously. I'll, I'll bring the tone down for a second. I'm sorry. At some point, a wrap upside the head is, is required. <laughs> Look, man, if you're just maladjusted, that's one thing, but when when you go around creeping decent people out, someone just talk to you seriously. <laughs> yeah, and we speak uh, from kind of experience where yes. so people just cannot seem to conduct themselves in an appropriate manner in mixed company. Let's say I am blown away by how poorly some geeks and, and, and a, a large amount of geeks treat women. Yeah. I mean, at least, at least bros know how to act, how to keep their inner cat at bay long enough to maybe gain some traction. No, they just slip them a roofie. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> Touche. That's, that's, that's worse by far. At least the, uh, at least the geek isn't, uh, so calculating, but let's uh, take a shot. Yeah. 
God, he even said that. That was even a douchey tone of voice, Cam. <laughs> Two shots, bro. Let's get some Jaeger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a man of many voices. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, to sort of bring this episode to a conclusion, we, uh, we're going to check out some of the viewer mail we received on this topic. We did announce that we were going to be discussing holiday party etiquette, and we got a surprising amount of interest in the topic. And uh, I won't do the thing where you read out the email verbatim, but I will cover the, the broad points of the emails. Uh, first one comes from a listener who wants to know whether it's appropriate to bring leftovers to a holiday <laughs> potluck. <laughs> oh, our listeners. Uh, it depends on what the leftovers are, I guess. I mean, um, I don't pizza crust. Elaborate. No. <laughs> I mean, if it's filet mignon and you know Joe Stone Crab, all right. But you know, if you're bringing your uh, leftover <laughs> McDonald's or you know, like half a meatloaf with a fork yeah. in it, yeah. <laughs> I hear shawarma keeps well. <laughs> I couldn't get through this whole pita. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a, I guess that's a resounding no. All right, here's another one. Pick up Magic the Gathering games at the office Christmas party. Ever appropriate? If you happen (laughs) to work for a gaming company, I'm sure the answer is probably hell yes. Otherwise, probably not. (laughs) For the record, same goes with Munchkin. Damn it. (laughs) No, it doesn't. That's not true. Here's another one. I keep a strict elvish diet, which doesn't require the use of deodorant. <laughs> Yet people complain that I have a foul odor. This is impossible, as elves do not emit a foul odor owing to this diet. <laughs> what do? What do? Question mark? <laughs> I, I don't know. Elvish. I think that's, <laughs> that's elvish, a translation. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, your diet does not confer any body odor control, uh, Elrond. So, uh, <laughs> those are right guard under them pits and move on and with we, your life. We refer you to our, uh, nutritional specialist uh, over at, uh, Broward County Health Department. <laughs> if you want to keep it natural, rub some mint under There you them. go. Yeah. There you go. Mint, mint strikes me as a very elvish, uh, plant, doesn't it? Take a, take a pomegranate bath or something before you come. Right. I think if you're an elf, I've heard that once you get past the age of about 750, 800 years, there could be some BO problems. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And since your D&D character probably is somewhere around that range, <laughs> live it. Don't just play it. And finally, oh, this is the perfect one for you, Richard, actually. When sitting at table, on what side of the plate does the bludgeoning spoon go? Very good question. The bludgeoning spoon must be kept as a concealed weapon. So the answer to the question is it must be kept hidden. Generally, you should be wearing a hoodie and a black hoodie at that. And so you should be keeping the spoon inside the hoodie. I think we need one of those legal disclaimers. If you get shot by the police for wearing a black hoodie, we're not responsible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, is, this is true. Oh, my God. It, it, that probably Ouch. would get you shot. So, yeah. He's, oh, oh Especially my God. if you are a uh, skin color of my persuasion. <laughs> Cam, that's brutal, man. But I mean, I can't disagree. <laughs> it's so sad. 
Hey, man, what do you do with that spoon, huh? You got a license for that thing? <laughs> Put the spoon down and walk away from it. <laughs> no, I think that I think you're giving them a little too much Stop. credit as to the warning that they would give. <laughs> Stop resisting! Wait, I haven't even what? It's like that South Park episode where they shoot the animals. He's coming at me. He's got a spoon. Ba 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 ba. Warning shot to the back. <laughs> Well, the sad the sad part is they do, wouldn't do see I, a spoon. They would just see some metallic object, and they would just start firing. Yeah, right. He's got a matchbox car. <laughs> oh, how Dukes of Hazard killed me. Speaking of spoons, though, Richard, and uh, since we're on the subject of concealed spoons and hopefully minimal interaction with the police while concealing said spoons, anything else you want to add about your project? Uh, just that uh, I want your listeners to know that if they like um, horror comedy, then it's something they should definitely check out. Uh, the title of this movie that we're going to make is called Ginosaji, the horribly slow murderer with the extremely inefficient weapon about the world's most inefficient and relentless killer. And um, it's... On Kickstarter now until December 11th. And then after that, uh, we are going to still be making our different rewards available to people through an online store, which we will announce. But anyone can go to our Kickstarter page at any time and find out where the new online store is going to be. Uh, and there are all kinds of cool things that people can get for various pledges, everything from t-shirts to posters oh i should mention that the guy who has painted our movie poster and it's not done in photoshop it was actually hand painted by an award-winning fantasy artist named milavoy saran who i actually met at san diego comic-con two years ago and he painted this amazing epic movie poster for us for the uh for the film uh, he has done artwork for Dungeons and Dragons um, in their in the current uh, Dungeon Masters guide. There are some full page, beautiful, full color illustrations that Milavoy painted. He's also done stuff for uh, World of Warcraft, the card game and um, some various other things. But uh, it, we've got some really cool artwork and other things that are available as rewards on this Kickstarter for people who become backers. Oh, and the last thing is you can go to our website, uh, which is ginosaji.com, G-I-N-O-S-A-J-I.com, which has a countdown timer of how much time is left in the campaign and also links to the Kickstarter campaign. Awesome, Richard. Well, uh, killer. <laughs> uh, uh, come on. <laughs> uh, Tom, you murdered me, man. Uh, All right, no more. <laughs> That's enough of that. <laughs> Uh, I have to say, it's been a pleasure having you on. I am uh, intrigued by the prospect of a feature film and very much looking forward to both getting that producer credit and uh, <laughs> seeing you succeed. And I, I think the rest of the cast probably will join me in saying that. Absolutely. Thank you. It would be it would be great to uh, to have you join us on our production team. And it was great talking with you guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Richard, for taking the time. Thanks, Thanks man. Okay, guys. Well, another excellent guest on our show presenting a really cool project that grew out of a really cool project. So you can't ask for a better success story than that. Absolutely.
And I do hope that we imparted some wisdom to the audience regarding proper holiday party etiquette. I <laughs> suspect that what we really did was uh, come across as somewhat jaded, <laughs> which is fine. I think I, I think we're owed that. I'm a little jaded. <laughs> but uh, with, with that said, I will encourage our listeners who are not at this point jaded <laughs> with the show to check us out on iTunes, check us out on Stitcher, and at some point in the future, check us out on Google Play Music, where we will be hopefully featured prominently. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, add us to your Google Plus circle, and join the Nerd Stravaganza HQ group on Facebook. Got some time to kill? Head on over to nerdstravaganza.com and check out this and all of our back episodes. Exercise proper YouTube etiquette by typing in nerdstravaganza into the handy dandy search bar and then spoon us electronically by sending us an email at nerdstravaganza at gmail.com. <laughs> nice. And with all that said, Chris, kill it. Hey, Cam. His turkey's break. Try some more. Never mind. I got it. I got it. Get out of the way. <laughs> I don't think that thing I just said was racist, but in case it's interpreted as such, sensitive listeners who think that way are listening. I apologize. You guys got quiet. Oh, God, I must have really. No, you're good. You're good.